Okay, um, I've entitled my talk, Usable Security, Time for a Reboot. Uh, we've had the description of the problem that people can't or won't use security tools, don't comply security with security policies and ignore security advice in general. We've had this problem mentioned several times in the workshop so far. Now, as a usability person with, uh, you know, who's, who's basically trained in the discipline, the first thing we do when we have a problem is we go out and actually try and understand what's causing the problem. And we, uh, from our training, are basically <laughs> sensitized to the fact that there will usually be many more factors at play than the ones that you might think are obvious uh, if, you, if you try and construct you know, just, just the problem on the basis of, of a couple of people who share your lab or on the basis of your own experience. So the kind of work uh, that, that we have done is, is we go and speak to people quite extensively about why they don't comply with security policies. Uh, and I've just given you an overview here um, of, of, of the various types of things. So, so we start usually with interviews, but sometimes then we go and get large numbers by doing this through company-based um, surveys. Um, and if you're interested, all the papers where these results are written up are on my page. We look at a whole range of mechanisms, um, authentication, access control, and so forth. And what's actually very interesting, what we found over the years, is that a single reason seems to there's there's one overriding strong reason why people don't comply and believe me based on these on, on these studies that we've done and looking at a few um, other th uh, things other results that we can't publish I can tell you that in most organizations out there most users break most of the security policies most of the time and there's actually a pretty good level of awareness there that, that this is going on from all the levels of management and I've actually summarized this in the shadow security paper uh, as that actually all the rest of the organization is tacitly complicit in this rule breaking. And we have to ask ourselves why that is. Um, and uh, so my diagnosis would actually be is whatever we've been doing in the last 15 years in usable security, it's out there, it's not made any difference whatsoever. If anything, things have gotten worse much worse. Um, I want to use four exhibits to make my point about that. So number one is authentication. So um, there is more compared to, I did my first study on authentication and compared to then, if we, we went back um, in, in 2010 in, in the CHI paper and we said it then and um, I've said it in this forthcoming paper um, at HCII is there's more authentication happening, users have more credential to manage and it's driving people crazy. Um, and it's now having some downstream effects uh, that, that we um, should, should look at. So just to give the overview here, is it's a fairly typical result. People have to authenticate at least 20 times a day. Uh, the failure rate is 10%, which then often basically takes with it much larger time and effort spent on recovery mechanisms. Um, and it's got a significant impact on people's individual and organizational productivity. So what's new about this study, in the previous study, we'd only measured the time that people actually spend on authentication. And if you've come to, to security and human behavior right from the beginning, you will remember my famous quote, you know, do you realize your staff spend three weeks a year just logging in? That is, um, and, and I've said it many years since, and nobody seems to be listening, right? that is a significant drain on productivity. And actually what we found in this study is it's worse because what you have onto this 
is the effect that the disruption caused by the security task has on the primary activity that people are engaging in. So if people are basically focusing on a task going along, then now, oh, I have to do something, I have to authenticate, they can't resume immediately at that point, depending on how disruptive the authentication is, they basically have to redo 40% of the work they've already done on the primary task. And once you start adding up, adding that cost to it, it starts to get absolutely humongous. And the consequences of what we saw in this study is interviewing people and interviewing managers about the, the downstream effect of this is that people are changing their behavior in organizations. People are now reorganizing their work to minimize the exposure to security mechanism. This is the support, what's supposed to be a supporting task starting to wag the production, uh, the, the production dog, right? And it's, it's wrong, and people realize that it's wrong, and that it's doing terrible damage to their productivity. And they're just trying to find ways of get around it, anywhere how. It's gotten to the point where people refuse to use certain services, and where they're returning company-issued devices because they're saying, you know what, this is just too much of a drain on my productivity. And um, I'm not taking this company-issued laptop. If that's the only way I can connect to the corporate network when I'm on a, on a two-day trip at SHB, then tough. Everybody has to wait until I get back for my responses. And now think about the impact that has on productivity further down, down the drain. Um, this extensive non-compliance and shadow security practices, we see this everywhere. So the, um, the rules being broken um, and nothing happens as a result of, of this. Shadow security is what you find is people aren't completely reckless. They do realize there's a risk involved, but because they feel that the, the, the policy and the mechanism they've been given is just undoable, they try and find another sort of second best option of managing the risk. And they come up with their own ways. Sometimes they're quite good, sometimes they're not. So there are an awful lot of myths around why password protecting a document and, um, and emailing it to somebody is almost as good as keeping it in an access control system and so on. Um, the other thing is like password authentic, you know, authentication is just fundamentally broken right now. There's widespread password reuse of people. <coughs> reuse their passwords across a number of different systems because that's the only way how they manage the, the memory load. Um, not aware of that, the vast amount of attacks have nothing to do with brute force or, or cracking. They're, they're, they're um, collected by phishing um, or through social engineering attacks. And when, um, or because some companies out there are, are too incompetent to protect their password files properly. And when those leaks happen, even the strongest password is gone. It's gone. And if that's happened to you once, you think very carefully whether you want to invest the time and effort to spend five to ten minutes of trying to train for another uh, long-term password. It's also got, got an impact on security, basically. So, so we're wasting lots of productivity and we're getting no security in return. Um, the, uh, basically, because people make mistakes, the coping strategies create new vulnerabilities that aren't in the official rulebook, and so nobody feels responsible for managing them. And not least, you're creating a humongous noise level of non-compliance that makes genuine attacks much, much harder to attack. And I collect these, these kind of leaks. People are disclosing their, their credentials left, right, and center, and they do it to the extent that they don't even realize it anymore. And when people come in and photograph or shoot films, you know, we have these things on national TV now. You know, really strong password, winter 14. That's what they think they can cope with. And why don't we throw the WPA password in while we're at it? This is not one example. I have dozens of these, right? And, and I think at the moment there is this just a part of, of my colleagues who I just think, 
run on a track that I just cannot understand and follow, right? Where the argument is, oh no, it's perfectly for 12 to 15 character passwords are perfectly fine, you know, uh, five to 10 minute learning uh, is perfectly fine. It's not, it just doesn't fit into human productive activity. Users are thumping the table when I go and do these studies, you know. They are literally going, technology should be smarter than this, right? We have all this wonderful stuff out there. Why are you making me work with, um, with, uh, with this kind of stuff? You know, you can track me and you can fingerprint me within 15 keystrokes, whatever, you know, just by what the browser we use. Why are you making me all this work to prove every 15 minutes if I haven't touched the keyboard, I have to enter this, this password again that I can't manage? Um, thanks to Frank for um, basically taking a different approach and a different thinking, which I wholeheartedly approve. And I just want to say I have further exhibits. You know, access control is completely broken as well. Um, the number of, of workarounds and, uh, that, that people engage in is just stunning if you, if you look at that paper. And what do we have instead? Now, managers are supposed to revoke entitlements by looking down lists of 10,000 of access permissions once a month and say, oh, yes, this particular employee still needs it or not. And the so-called usability improvement then comes by rather than making the managers tick the boxes for each of those 10,000 permissions, we will pre-tick them and they're supposed to remove the ones. Somebody finally saw sense and said maybe we should ask the employees first and foremost to review the access permissions. They're probably no best whether they still need them or not. Way forward. Encryption, um, if you look at, at Clark et al.'s papers in, in use, Nick's, you know, special agent Johnny, even really highly trained security folks, cannot encrypt. They still can't after all those years. Green Shoots is uh, now some people, the Simply Secure Foundation, who are trying to put together an effort to actually provide proper end-to-end -end encryption support, um, and I'll do my, my bit in that. Exhibit 4, Captures making humans, making all legitimate users spend time and effort to prove they are not a bot. I mean, come on, guys. You know, this thing has a 40% failure rate. Most companies who try to use this in anger can't do it, like this, this budget airline did. You know, when, when you start losing 40% of your customers, you pretty quickly start to... It focuses the mind and think, like, maybe there's a better way of figuring out whether this is a bot or a human at the end. So uh, going back to Cormac, go back and smell the coffee, right? This is... It's going to get worse. Based user time and attention is a really valuable and monetizable resource. And I fear that in security, we're backing ourselves into a corner where we're just going to get pushed aside and they're saying, what well, you know what, forget all these technical mechanisms. We're just going to take out insurance. It's frankly cheaper than trying to manage the risks the way you tell us we should be using it. So my argument is it's, it's high time for a reboot. This is not just a problem for users. It's when you go and look at these problems in detail, it's the developers that are struggling, the administrators that are struggling, that are trying to avoid, actively avoid security because it's too difficult, because it's too time-consuming. So um, the proposal is now is we need a fundamental shift, and it's actually quite interesting that in some companies... Um, and even in, 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 in a military organization I've worked with, they're now saying to the security designers, you know what, 3% of users' time and attention. That's what you can have. Use it wisely to manage the risk that you have. I think that's the only way of focusing the mind of designers to actually go and look and really understand. I think I'm actually very much in, in agreement with Harold. Um, he, yesterday here is we have techniques for modeling users. We have formal methods we can apply to actually measure the effort correctly, to measure whether the complexity is too much for somebody to comply with this. These are well-known and well-proven usability methods 
that I think nobody in the security camp has even bothered to look at. Um, and this is basically this measurement and tracking of cumulative workload is become, it has to become absolutely essential. By all means, try and tailor it to users. Yes, that's nice. But that's a teeny gain you can make compared to actually just making it match the productive activity and the context in which people have to, to use it. You know, arguing on the basis of an MTurk study that 12 to 15 uh, character password is perfectly usable, you know, based on, on two repetitions uh, measured two days apart. It's ridiculous. We know that over 50% of entries are now made on touchscreen devices. And the entry time on touchscreen devices is three to five times longer than it is on the keyboard. The error rate is five times higher than it is on the keyboard. And so basically we are heading for a five times higher productivity waste than we already have in the keyboard-based environment. I'm sorry, this has got to stop and we've got to rethink.